go. Last week we talked about Baruch Gozer Umekayim, Hashem decreeing and sustaining. Um, and this week I want to talk about this next, it's really two statements together. Baruch Merachem Al Haaretz, blessed is Hashem. And again, we said there's 10 statements of Baruch here, which correspond to 10 spheros. In other words, 10 facets of the divine name of Hashem's Yud and He and Vav and He, that He was, He is, He always will be, He's infinite, He's the creator of the universe. This is something we can't grasp. What we can do, and Psukhet Zimra guides us to do, is to look at His actions in the world and his, the things He has created in the world and how He controls and builds the environment around us. And from that, and history and events around us, and from that we see His hand acting in the world in these different ways, right? Sorry, I just heard um, sometime in the weekend, Rabbi Kiva Tatz, he was saying how the Zohar says um, um, that you can learn all of Torah. You actually don't need to say for Torah. You can learn all of Torah just by um, observing the world. Right, so the Rambam says something like that. I mean, there's there's a concept like that. Initially, right, we would learn we would learn indus- industriousness from the ant, like right. There's this whole, yeah, it's so interesting. there's all these different ideas that that the world is revealing Hashem to us. Um, it's a big gift to have the Torah to do it and know what to make of it. But the Avos apparently did. I mean, the Avos were able to learn all the way down to knowing all the halachas of the Torah, right? From from observation and thought and care and spirituality, but not not through their prophecy per se, okay? I mean, in fact, I saw, you know, we just had with Avraham and Brismila a couple weeks ago, so there's a question. It says, Mamre gets credit, right? Eloni Mamre. What's the credit? Because Avraham consulted with him about the Brismila. What do you mean Avraham consulted with him? Hashem says, do a Brismila. You consulting with somebody? Like, why would that be a good thing? That would be a bad thing. And said, no, it's because the consultation was before Hashem gave him the commandment to Brismila. It was that he understood that that would be what you should do. And so he was consulting with his friend, like with with a confidant, like as to should I, what the timing should be, you know, do do you do this even if you're not commanded? But if Hashem's going to command me, would it be better that I wait for him to command me? Or do it before, meaning it's a whole way of understanding that the Avos really were able to work that out. That's not something we could do, even though theoretically all the data is there. The world is created out of the words of Torah, and the Torah is words of Torah. So so in theory, it's all there. But that doesn't mean that we have the capacity ourselves to work that out, even though we are descended from people who did. Okay. Baruch merachim al ha'aretz, baruch merachim al habrios. Hashem... Blessed is Hashem who has rachamim, who merachem is to act with rachamim on the earth, baruch merachem al habrios, and act with rachamim towards the, his creations, but brios generally means people, okay? Even though it means anything created, but it usually means people. Okay, so what does this mean? Baruch merachem al haaretz, baruch merachem al habrios. And, and this combination of the arts. So actually be a really interesting shear. It doesn't happen to be the one I prepared for today. Is the relationship between um, earth and man. So we talked about a little bit in the past. But the relationship between earth and man is very, very close. For example, man is described as being created of the dust of the earth. Hashem created man, Afar Min HaDama. And that relationship of, um, I think we once talked about, where Hirsch says... Which is the root, Adam or Adama? So we tend to think of Adama as the root, that's earth, and he's called Adam because he's made of Adama. But he said, really, technically, the root is always the three-letter word, and the conjugation is the longer word. So that would mean that Adam is the root, and Adama is that which conjugates from the root, which tells us that Adama is... The, uh, the concept of Adama tends to be receptive and passive, almost feminine, like the word Adama. Even Eretz is, conjugates to Aratzot, is the plural, right, which is a feminine conjugation. 
the earth is described as more of a feminine, meaning it receives. Hashem sends rain, the earth receives the rain. It gestates the seeds and lets them grow in the way that a woman can develop a child and let it grow inside of her. That the earth has this feminine quality, it's not, a, not bad, right? But it's this receiving and then cultivating. But that is a, passive's the wrong word, but responsive, right? The earth cannot pick itself up and go take care of something. It can't say, it can't be proactive about something except in one way. There is this child of earth called Adam, who is made of Adama, and yet who is set free and not connected to the earth and can walk freely on the surface and do stuff and be proactive. So there's an aspect to which the role of a person is this ability to act, and in doing so, to change the earth and to give merit to earth and to allow it to be fully fulfilled in a way that it can't do without that element of Adam that's part of the earth. So um, when Hashem says to build the Mizbeach, he says, Mizbeach Adoma Tase Li. Make for yourself a Mizbeach of earth. And one way of reading that Pasuk is make yourself a Mizbeach of earth. Meaning, man has to be the Mizbeach. And if you know how the Mizbeach looks, so first of all, the Mizbeach has to be connected to the earth. It can't be like a floor underneath it. The Mizbeach has earth and it piles up and then it's built around, but there's, the earth comes up all the way into the Mizbeach. And then the Mizbeach has like these corners that stick up higher than the surface, than, than the top. It's this image of reaching upward from the earth and connected to earth and reaching upward. And that's our job. And Rav Hirsch takes from that also over there in Vayikra, like what is our role here? Our role is not to reach up to the heavens and try and bring spirituality down. Our role is to be firmly rooted in the earth and reach up. That's why Yaakov saw his head was at the heavens, his feet were on the ground, and the Malachim were going up and down. You'd think Malachim would come down and up. Malachim go up and down if what's really happening over here is an elevation of the earth going upward. From there, it could come also back downward and have an influence. Okay, so all these ideas, this whole idea of Eretz and Adama and Baruch Merachim al Haaretz, Baruch Merachim al Habrios, these are closely connected to each other. Okay, the relationship of Hashem to the Aretz is reflected in the relationship of Hashem to man. That's not coincidental that it's a similar kind of Lashon. Well, similar kind, it's the same Lashon, and that they are paired together. Okay, <clears throat> so Abu Darham says, <coughs> sorry, Sheman Hikaolam Bemidas Harachmim, that Hashem guides, <coughs> Hashem guides the earth through his Mida of Rachmim, as it says. The eyes of God are constantly, I don't know what that, um, floating over the land. It's the wrong word. Like, constantly scanning over the land. So God is constantly watching the land. That means he has rachamim. Then Baruch Merachim al Habrios, Brios also is the same concept. Don't think that his hashkacha is only on things like the earth. In other words, things that are constant or static, like the sun, the moon, the stars, the mountains, the hills, the oceans, the rivers, but also things that are mortal and short-lived. Hashem's hashkacha is constantly upon them as well, and this is why we say Baruch Merachim al Habrios. Hashem is supervising each and every created thing. Even though there's those of us who come and go, we're only temporary, we should know that Hashem supervises us the same way. Rav Schwab says like this, the fact What we're describing over here is an aspect, we said, of Hashem's name of Yud-Heh and Vav-Heh. And, and the, the Sifri, which is the Medrash 
in Devarim, says, Whenever the Torah uses the name of God, that's Yod and He and Vav and He, that is a Midah of Rachamim. Now that's a little confusing. We, I'm not going to repeat, because we had more than one session on this, talking about how this part, Pesuket de Zimra, is really about Gvura and Din, not Rachamim, but that it is Gvura born of Rachamim, right? It's Gvura born of Chesed. What is Gvura born of Chesed? Sorry. Gvura is born of Chesed. It's not oh, just a freestanding separate thing, but we can't, that's like a really long topic. But this concept of Baruch Merachim al Haaretz, Baruch Merachim al Habrios, Hashem created with this Rachamim a world with which he relates to us with Rachamim and people, and he relates to us with Rachamim. But Hashem is perfect. And he created a world that by, de- <laughs> I was say by definition and then mentioned like a Kabbalistic idea, right? But we hear in the name of the Kabbalists that Hashem restricted himself. There's some holding back that makes room for there to be a world because the world is finite. The universe is a finite construct and God is infinite. So there is some kind of making room for that because Hashem is the place in which everything else exists. So that is somehow the Midah of Rachamim. The idea of creating a finite or mortal creation, whether it's the universe, the earth, or people. And that is an implementation of Rachamim. And he does that as the way of giving goodness. That's Masil Sasham talks about this. Okay. So I just want to take a short minute to talk about Rachamim. Just give, a, give us like a working definition for Rachamim. I think we've done this before. With Midas Hadin, we're talking about that which is fair, that which is just, that which is, and, and by the way, that's a reassuring thing when we know everything counts, everything is counted, and everything is responded to appropriately and evenly. That's a very secure place to have your grounding and your footing. Ra- we are not allowed to say, okay, Gemara tells us, we are not allowed to say Hashem is a Vatran. A Vatran is somebody who, um, someone who gives in, it's not forbearance because if someone's Mivater, then they're willing to give up on their own rights and just say it's fine, no big deal. Okay, you you walk over and you grab my coffee, and I just say never mind. As opposed to that would be a that would be a mevater. as opposed to right. A person could say, "Excuse me, that's mine. Give it back." So this is puzzling, though. What does it mean? We're not allowed to say Hashem is a vatra, and that Hashem just says, "Oh, never mind." We are allowed to say Hashem has rachamim. Okay, so what there is is a distinction over here of understanding, uh, someone who's a vatran says, it doesn't really matter what you do to me. It's a, I mean, really, it would be like a doormat. Okay, We encourage someone to cultivate in ourselves the midah of vatranos. That's okay. right? Be, why? Because we so naturally are the opposite. That, <laughs> but, but we all know that it's not actually like a normal or healthy relationship. If you say, no problem, you can treat me badly, and I don't care. Right over the long term, we wouldn't say that that's like a normal kind of relationship. We're not allowed to say Hashem is mevater. There's no such thing that a person acts against God's will, especially intentionally, and God says, "Never mind, aren't you cute? But you're so sweet." That's not the truth of the world. However, there's such a thing as rachamim. So din is where a person says, I don't care what God thinks, I'm stepping off the edge of the cliff anyway. Okay, and then they get immediate feedback, right, as to what the halachos are of stepping off of cliffs. Rahmanus says, this person still could be changing and growing because part of being finite and mortal is that we're not constant and perfect. Right? Perfection and infinity never changes. 
the converse side of that is that which is imperfect and that which is changing changes. So Hashem, in relating to people and the world with Rachamim, is saying the reaction does not have to immediately follow the action. I can wait. I can wait for a thousand years. I can wait for a lifetime. And during that time, you will change. Because we never stay the same. It's actually harder. It's harder because you don't have the immediate feedback. Exactly. Right? So when we think about how difficult it is, let's say, sometimes, you know, is God paying attention? The, the difficulty is, in fact, that we don't perceive immediate feedback. And we have a concept that greater, the greater a tzaddik is, the more he tends to function under midas adin. And when we hear that, we're like, what? How is that fair? Like, take the midas adin does not mean being mean to them. Midas Hadin means a much cl- narrower space between action and reaction, and it's feedback. And what, for a person at a certain type of level, we talked about this with the concept of Yerushalayim, the reassurance, it's like a constant conversation with God. And that, the voice of that conversation is quieter, has to be listened out for much more with Rachamim. On the other hand, we would not manage without that. Okay, so let's take a look. Why is infinite not changing? By definition, if something is infinite and it includes all, then it can't, there can't be change, because change would mean there's more of something or there's less of something. Or something. So this is, I mean, this is um, Rabbi, Rabbi Yitzchak Berkowitz of the Jerusalem Kollel has an amazing series. It's like 10 or 12 classes on just the very beginning of Rambam's I'm not an expert on these things. I don't know. It's like, and, and it's, the Rambam like discusses like these sort of fundamental principles of like God, understanding that God is infinite and these kinds of things and why that's logically compelling. And he, he it's a very, very good, good series. And um, he talks about this. He defines it. Hashem gave us this ability to be Mabater. If he's not Mabater, we have know that I mean we, I guess we don't have a thousand years to allow it's also to not change. our job to be the judge that's true meaning like, if it's not my job to to give reward and punishment <laughs> right so, so you do have to think though okay let's well, say with our kids are level. we really doing a favor <clears throat> okay now obviously there's some things like you know you're holding a little baby <laughs> he was holding my grandson last night okay. and he like spit up a little mm-hmm. and my daughter's like oh my gosh he spit up on your I'm like it's fine right. <laughs> it's no big deal <laughs> right? right it's nothing personal it will wash out like you even get offended like that right. you could be like mavater like it's not even anything to let go of right it's part of the pleasure of having a baby is they spit up on you like what can you do you know sometimes they spit up on your wedding clothes when you're on your way out the door and that's like more annoying but like well, nice. It's like part of the pleasure, and it's not such a big deal. And didn't have to like change all the sheets. It's just like a skirt. It's okay. Not a big problem. So there's vatranas over there, but you see people who behave with vatranas as their kids get older, uh-huh. and that's not necessarily a chazak. I trouble you for a tissue. It's not necessarily healthy because the message that comes to kids is number one that that the parents' feelings don't matter, which is the beginning of learning that other people's feelings don't matter, right? <laughs> So Other people's feelings don't matter, and your own behavior doesn't shine. matter. You, and you, yes, you yes, will. It will make you have it right. That's right, because that's always your starting point with God. But also what you learn is that what you do doesn't matter. If what you do doesn't matter, then just like mm-hmm. if you hurt someone, it doesn't really matter. It also, there's not so much point in making an effort to do for other people either. I mean, it goes both ways. Why should I bother? It doesn't really matter. Okay, but when you see, you know, when you get feedback from somebody who says, you made such a difference to me. I was like feeling so alone and you just happened to stop and smile or you happened to call me today. And I can't even tell you how much that meant to me. It's not just that you feel good about yourself. It's that what you do matters, right? right? And that, that is the kind of self-esteem when what I do actually matters, then I have value. The fact that I exist and act and do things in the world matters. That's self-esteem, not, oh, you're so wonderful. But you know what you did made a difference to me. 
that's really a foundation of understanding that you have value in the world. So are you doing a kid a favor if every time they hit or kick? Now, obviously, I'm not, I'm not of the big fans of the, hey, you hurt my feelings kind of conversations with your kids. Like, you got to be the grown-up, and it's not necessarily healthy for them to feel like they're controlling you, right? So if they hurt your feelings, like, go tell someone else. Maybe don't tell the kid. But, but in the end, you, know, you have to say, you know what, you can't talk to me like that, or you can't talk to people like that. Right? That hurts people's feelings. That's not the way we speak. Right? If someone would say that to you, you would not feel good. So you don't say that to other people. And we want, pe- we want our children to grow up understanding that what they do matters. Because otherwise, how do they matter? You don't matter. If, you're, if what you do doesn't matter, then, then what does your life matter? Okay. So, gracious. It all comes down to the beginning. The very first passage. Gracious, vara elokim. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And Rashi says, Rashi has many statements. It's quite a long number, selection of Rashi's to work with over here. But we're looking at this particular one. Below Amar bara Hashem. The Pasuk does not say Breshis bara Hashem as in yud Hey, vav and Hey. We're saying God created the world with Rachamim. But the Torah says Breshis bara Elohim. And what, what Midah goes with Elohim? Din. At the first, Allah He's saying, In the beginning, creation was with Midas Hadin. You understand? That's a translation. Okay? The beginning of creation was with Midas Hadin. In the beginning, it rose in God's thought, so to speak, to create the world with Midas Hadin. Now, this idea of thought and action, okay, we're not, um, we're not saying that God changed his mind. We've talked about this in the past, that action begins with thought. Sov ma'aseh b'machshav atchila, right? Meaning, you have a concept, and then you act on it. If you're impulsive, there's a very short space between the thought and the action. You may not even spend much time consciously thinking about it, but every action is generated originally by a thought. So the Torah uses the kind of language that we understand. It's more than that. Hashem created the world in such a way as to give us models, mental models, through which to be able to relate to him. Okay, so the beginning thought was Midas Hadin. That's the starting point of the creation of the world. The Ra'ah and God saw She'ein Ha'olam Miskayim that the world would not survive like that. It couldn't last. Ve'hikdim, so he prefaced Midas Rachamim, the Mida of Rachamim, Ve'shatafa and partnered it Lamidas Hadin. To the Midas Hadin. You notice the Midas Hadin did not go away. But God took the Midas Hadin and partnered it with Midas HaRachamim. The Hainu Dichtiv, we can see this reflected in the Pasuk that's at the beginning of the next parak, which you have here as source number three. These are the generations. These are the fruits. These are what is born of the heavens and the earth in their having been created, which is a hint right there to Avraham because Behibaram spells by Avraham. Biyom asos Hashem Elokim Eretz v'shamayim. The first parak, the first aliyah, this is more accurate. The first aliyah of Bereshis only refers to God as Elokim. The second aliyah refers to Hashem as Hashem Elokim. Okay, so the world is created with Midas Hadin, and yet when it starts to actually develop and mankind is created, and it's the Toldos, now we're going to see the history of the universe, the history of humanity, it's all Hashem Elohim. It's a partnership working together, Midas Harachamim and Midas Hadin. Um, Skip. Hi, good morning. Is there another set? (coughs) 
Okay. Um, the Sifsech, I just, uh, there was one point that I wanted to bring with the Sifsech Chachamim, which is that there's a reversal. So in the first Pasuk over here, where it's talking about Midas Adin, it says, Barashis Bar Lokimis HaShamayim Vesa'aretz, with Shamayim first. In the next parak, when it talks about Hashem Elokim, it says, Biyom Asos, asos not Bria. You remember our four levels, right? So you have Atzilus, and then Bria, Barashis Bara Elokim, and then you have Yitzira, formation, and then Asiya. So that when you have the Bria, that could be with Midas Adin. It's creation of something from nothing, but it hasn't perfectly taken shape yet. Okay, the Yitzira gives it the shape, and the Asiya kind of concretizes, and like the firing in the kiln, right? Now it's locked on that shape. Asiya is Hashem Elokim, meaning once everything becomes fully materialized, you're already talking about the Shutfas of Rachim, then you see how it always will be consistent, the usage of the words, okay? But over here, it also calls it Biyom Hashem Elokim Eretz V'Shamayim. Eretz first, Shamayim second. So the Sifzei Chachamim points out that that's because it, it's because of the Eretz that Hashem has to put the Rachamim together with the Din. If it was just a question of Shemayim, so for that you could just function with Midas Adin. It's the Eretz itself, it's the fact of earthiness and the imperfection that will come of the creatures on earth. Baruch Mirachim al Haaretz, Baruch Mirachim al Habrios. Okay? You understand how this is. The words are not random in our, in our davening. The words are very, very carefully chosen, right, by Anche Knesset Sagadola, which included amongst it Nevi'im, in order to correctly reflect the ideas of the Torah and present them to us to allow them to lead us. When we say those words, they take us to the place where the Torah was taking us with these ideas. Okay. Now, this pairing, it has a very interesting quality. This concept of rachamim, which is a concept of perfection leaving space for imperfection. Not forever, but for a very long time, as long as it takes. Okay, we're together on this part, right? Okay, this idea, what's the first creation? Let's, let's go to this for a second, and this will bridge us to Hanukkah again, because it's almost Hanukkah. Vayomer Elohim, Yehi Or, Vayhi Or. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Vayar Elohim Esa Or Kitov. God saw that the light was good. We've talked in the past about the word Tov, right? The Ramban defines Tov as when something has achieved the state that God created it to ultimately reach. Because everything Hashem creates in the world is not perfect but will achieve a perfection of its having been created by God. But that can take a long time. That can take five years, and that can take 5,000 years. Okay? And that achievement is called tov, when it gets to that stage. So God saw that the light was tov. And now there's a separation of light and dark. Okay? So Rashi says, for this we need the words of the Chachamim. God saw that the light was a state of perfection that was shining into the world. But that's not Kedai for the Rishaim to use. It says Vehivdilo, it's not. It's Vehivdilo. So he separated it away for the tzaddikim, for the future, right? You, hear, you, you see, you hear this idea here and there, people will talk about the hidden light or the orhaganos, this light that's been stashed away for the future. Okay, do you hear there the reflection, though, of God created the world with me, the tzaddin? They said the world can't survive like that. So we're going to put in the midasarachanim, and that will buy time. It will buy time for change. Okay, so God creates the world with light, and then he tucks away a big piece of this light. The light is already perfect. He tucks away a big piece of it and says, this is not going to work for Rishayim. So I'm going to save it till the end so when there's just for tzaddikim. By the way, I don't know for sure that these are not all, like, there could be some overlap in the population here, the demographic, because you could have someone who's a Russia who turns around. Right? That, that's a function of hiding something away. Okay, you notice this is all before there's any people around. Nobody has sinned. This is built into the world. 
The way the world was created was such that God said, I'm creating it to be perfect, and I'm going to put in a patience clause. And the patience clause says that I'm building a world that's imperfect and giving it room to grow. That's how the world was created. Okay, so now I want to take a look at a new Pachat Yitzchak. Okay, that's this. So I'm not going to read it all inside because I slowly, it's always hard for me not to because he says it so much better than I could, but we also only have so much time. So in the first paragraph, Aleph over here, he says, the name of something tells us about its, its special value and the special purpose that it has. Okay? We, when we talk about people in terms of how they're all common, we are all human, what we're not doing is telling you what the value is of any particular person in the group. But if I use somebody's name, now I'm referring to that which makes them different from everybody else. And we talked about that with twins, right? Just the other day, I think sometime in the last few weeks, mentioned about twins. The same concept, that the idea of twins in Torah doesn't have to be identical twins. The concept of twin is two that are very, very similar. And therefore, they are described by how they are different. And what that teaches us is that if you want to know who a person is and the value and their purpose that they have in the world, you look at how they're different, not how they're the same. That's a, like words to live by, okay? So the same thing over here. When something is given a name, it's going to tell you how it's different, not how it's the same. It's going to tell you what's special about it. So why is this holiday called Hanukkah? He gives some very interesting examples. Why is this holiday called Hanukkah, which is the Chinuch? What does the Chinuch have to do with this? So here he says, this is the concept. In last week's Parsha, it was very timely, we have Yaakov. And Yaakov gets a new name, Yisrael. Now, there's a big difference between the name Yaakov and the name Yisrael and the name, let's say, Avram and Avraham. Because you're not even supposed to call Avraham Avram. I mean, if you're learning the Torah parts where he's Avram, then you might like mention that. But nobody, let's say, to call him Avram would be wrong. He is not Avram anymore. He's Avraham. But with Yaakov, the Malach says, your name's going to be Yisrael. And like within the next verse, he's being called Yaakov again. Okay, he sometimes also gets called Yisrael. And you have this Pasuk, um, you, say, you have it in the same verse over there. It says, uh, therefore, the Bnei Yisrael all don't eat the Gid Hanasha because Yaakov was hurt in the hollow of his thigh. <laughs> okay, so it's like, it's right there. It's in the same Pasuk. He's called Yaakov and Yisrael. So there's something fundamentally that's not the same over there. So there's no problem with calling Yaakov Yaakov, but there is a problem calling Avram Avram. So what is the difference oh, between the name changes? Like Yoshua or... Yeah, like, I don't know. Well, actually, there's one place where he gets called Hosea again. But yeah, oh, generally yeah. speaking, if someone's name has changed, the name has changed. And with Yaakov, you don't have that. So what is different about this name, of cha- this name change? So Avram gets a new name, and it takes the place of his old name, which is not true for Yaakov. He says, this is reflective of what each Av brings. Avhus, the concept of, I don't know, paternity, I guess, but it's, that's the wrong word. Avhus is what makes up someone an Av, and there's only three Avos in, for Jews. That's Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. We don't even count Noah, we don't even count Adam. Okay? It's Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, each of whom introduce something unique and different, independent, each one differently. He says, what does... Avram introduce. Avram introduces the concept of gerus, not only conversion, the concept of not starting with closeness to God and then developing it. Okay. Yitzchak initiates being born into it. You, kadosh mi beten, right? He's holy from beginning to the end. He's totally on track. And with Yaakov, he's described as mitaso shalema. His bed, let's say his deathbed, was perfect. So when he died, by the way, his sons did not all get along perfectly 
all through his life. But when he died, they said, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, and he saw they were united. They, were, they said, just like your heart is one with God, our heart is one with each other and with God. We are all united. We are all close. We're together. There's a perfection with God that he achieves at his death. Okay. The name of Yaakov changing to Yisrael then is a reflection of this avhus of Yaakov. This mitaso shlema, this perfection that you really see at the end. Even if you didn't see it all along. All right. So when he fights, he gets this name after a victorious battle with the Malach, but he's injured. It's an incomplete victory. Avram never has an incomplete victory. He goes and fights the four kings and, the, you know, like he wins, finished. You know, Yitzchak has issues with Abimelech and he wins. If you're going to fight, God will make you win. Okay, Yaakov wins, but this idea of a victory that it begins imperfectly and then at the end of the next passage it says, Vayavo Yaakov Sholem. Yaakov came Shalem, complete. And Rashi says, he quotes Chazal, he was Shalem in his body. The limp got healed. It says he was limping. He was wounded. He was injured. And then Vayavo Yaakov Shalem. He came Shalem to Shrem. By the time he got to Shrem, he was whole. This is characteristic Yaakov. This is a different process. This is a, right now. Avram, Chesed, Yitzchak, Vura, Yaakov, Rachamim. Because Rachamim is a blending, Right? There is din there, but it's over time. Perfection over time. Yeah, sometimes it's Emes, sometimes Rachman, sometimes Tiferes. <laughs> Depends which, which model you're using, but they actually all correspond to each other. They don't contradict each other. Okay, it's a different terminology depending on what aspect. Okay, so he comes, and all of a sudden he's perfect, but it's at the end. Okay, so now moving on to the third paragraph. Oh, no, I actually said a bunch of the third paragraph already. He said, oh, so therefore, <clears throat> what do we see? What is the implication of the madrega of Yaakov, which is perfection achieved at the end? What that means is that there was room to wait. There's room to sit and have space for imperfection until you get to the perfection. So Avram has two children. He has Yitzchak and Yishmael. Yishmael does not toe the line and he's out. That's all. There's Yitzchak who achieves a kind of perfection. And there's Yishmael who's out. Yishmael does tshuva. He comes back, right? But he already had his children. He raised his children. They're off. Like, they're not part of the Jewish people. It's not clear that Yishmael was ever part of the Jewish people, even if he became a tzaddik afterward. That's not part of the Jewish line, okay? Yitzchak has Yaakov and an Esav. And Esav just, like, opts out. What do I need Bechara for? Goodbye. And he's out. And we don't say that he's a rebellious Jew. He's not a Jew. He's a non-Jew. Yaakov has these 12 sons who all end up in this perfection. And from that moment, we say, Yisrael afal pi shechata Yisraelhu. A Yisrael, a child of Yisrael, we don't say Yaakov, right? Even if he sins, no matter how much he sins, Yisraelhu, he's a Jew. You don't stop being Jewish. That started somewhere. Where did that start? With Yaakov. This, in other words, what does it mean, Yisrael Afal Pishachata Yisrael Hu? It means that until then there was no concept of a Mumar in Yisrael. You couldn't have a Jew who was like a defector. Because if you defected, you weren't a Jew. Starting with Yaakov, you could have a Jew who's a defector. In other words, there's a perfection that's achieved in Klau Yisrael that's reflected by the move from the name Yaakov to the name Yisrael. Yisrael is like a future tense, you will rule for God, right? It's a perfection that is characterized by its ability to contain imperfection. 
that that's this idea of Baruch Merachim Mal Habrios, right? Perfection that has the capacity to contain within it imperfection, at least it, it, it's temporarily, but a very long temporarily. Okay. And we see this, da- by the way, how is this damage reflected in Yaakov and his body during this change to the name Israel? It's damage to his thigh. Now, his thigh, I didn't, I didn't bring the quote over here. Okay. The thigh, first of all, there's an aspect of euphemism, meaning the hollow of the thigh. It does mean the hip bone, but the hollow of the thigh is obviously where also he's having his children. Okay. That's like, okay. So that's actually used when they come down to Mitzrayim. It's not the same Chumash that I was using. When they come down to Mitzrayim, the children of Yaakov are described, hang on, are described as Yotze Yerech Yaakov, those who came out from the thigh of Yaakov. All the souls who came down with Yaakov to Egypt, Yotze Yerecho, who came out from his thigh. When it says he was wounded in his thigh and he's limping, it means he was injured in his descendants. His descendants were somehow injured. And then there's an imperfection there. There's a damage. But when the sun comes up, when the light comes out, to hearken back to Bracious, then Vayavo Yaakov Shalim. He comes complete. So the wound will be healed. It's, it's the next passage in Vayishlach. It says he came complete. And Rashi says he was complete in his, in his money, he's complete in his body, the wound was healed, he was no longer limping. Okay? So that damage then will be fixed, but in the long run. In the meantime, what's going to be? In the meantime... The children will be imperfect. Okay. So. Sorry? So he should have known what he was going to go through. I think he did, because I'll tell you something. When Asaph says to him, come to Sayer, he says, what was his answer? Do you remember? He says no. He doesn't just say no. Yeah, he says, the exactly. children are going to go slow. I'm going to come at their pace. As Nahala, Rabbi Goldberg talked about what Nahel means compared to Nahag, right, on Thursday. He says, I'm going to come regal. It's uh, like according to the foot pace of the children. That's how I'm going to come, and eventually I'll get to you. When does he ever get to Sayer? So Rashi brings over there a puzzle from Avadia. Yeah, when they come to judge Esav, that's the Messianic era. That's when we get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get there perfect. Right? That's, I think Yaakov did know. Mm-hmm. Because that's what he says. What's the reason? We gotta, we're going to have to slow our pace down for the kids at this point. <laughs> that's the creation of the world. That's, I mean, that's Rachman. That's Yaakov. That, that, that is this whole, this whole message. Okay. So. So whose Ahrais is it to become healed and perfect? Is it the children's Ahrais? I don't think any of Yaakov's us could have... Everything that happens to us is modeled already by our forefathers. And what they achieved is what paves the way for us to be able to achieve it. We could never break the barriers, and we could never blaze the trails. But we can follow on them, and our lives do follow on them. Our job is to constantly strive toward perfection. We don't expect to be perfect in our life. But to realize that, that God has not given up. This Rachaman that's here. And also that we is, weren't created perfect. That's right. That's right. The fact that we are imperfect is not, as we would say in technology, it's not a bug, it's a feature. Okay? <laughs> it's not a bug, it's the truth. We see this is rooted in the beginning of creation. They're going to be imperfect. What I want from them is growth. That's what I'm looking for, is change. And as long as we're changing and in the right direction, there's no problem. He'll take care of the perfect part. That's like messianic. That's like not my... Do I have the power to become perfect? No. Okay, do I have the power to become better? Yeah. All right. Which is a better name? I mean, better. (laughs) Yeah, it could be so. It seems to be both. 
he's both. He's Yaakov. He's Yisrael. The Yisrael takes time. Yeah, yeah, he's called Yaakov straight through until the end of his life. He's still Yaakov. He's given this new name, but it gets worked in. There's all kinds of things that Orachim talks about when he's called, when the Torah refers to him as Yisrael, it means things are good. When we're referring to Yaakov, it's Yisrael. Yeah, yeah. So that's like an amazing image that is. I want to move on. Sarah's pointing out something that I kind of skipped over, which is very awesome, which is this idea of a three-ply cord cannot really be broken. So that's Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Once you get to the third, which is Yaakov, it can't be broken, meaning someone can't just leave. You can't just break the chain of being a Jew. You are a Jew, then you are a Jew, and you are a Jew. And that stays, and that brings you there until the sun comes up, till the thigh is healed, until it all goes back into place, and there's perfection. He says, this is the concept of Hanukkah. This is now paragraph number five. What happened, what was new in Hanukkah in this galus that didn't exist earlier in the other galuyos? He says, this is the first place we have a concept of misyavnim, Jewish people who become, I don't know what the word is, like Greek-sized. No, they, they assimilate. They, they, they try to be like Greeks. Right? They're pulling on the bris to try and hide it. They're dressing like Greeks. They're acting like Greeks. And they're called misyavnim. These are the people who started all the trouble. More than the yavanim caused trouble at the beginning, it was the misyavnim, mm-hmm. the people who wanted to, to be like them. To, to make like themselves Greek. as if they were Greeks. Right? I can be Jewish and Greek. And this There's is the first time it's ever really... He says we never had Miss Matsurim. We don't have people who were like making themselves Egyptian. Yeah. Miss Bavlim. And by the way, you plenty of sin and plenty of assimilation in some ways. But never the concept of a Jew who says, I want to be mistaken for a guy. Okay? That would be like an achievement. People who want to be like Asher says, this we don't have before. This is something new. So the battle then of Hanukkah, that struggle with the Malach that is represented in the struggle of Yaakov is this struggle of what will be with the children and it goes both ways. There's the children who fail the test of the struggle with the Malach of Esau and there's the children who succeed in the test. All of that is within Yaakov's battle. In the fact that he keeps on fighting and the fact that he ultimately is victorious, that is the children of the Hashmonoim. That was when people had to stand up and say, we are going to fight because we are Jewish and we will stand up, we will not give in, no matter if it's clear that we cannot succeed. He saw he couldn't win the battle against the Malach. Doesn't matter, I'm still going to fight. That's the story of Hanukkah. Okay. There's also the damage to the Yerach, the damage to the children, to the thigh, right? That, that hit are the people who did become the Siavnim. <coughs> By the way, a lot of those people came back into the fold. Once there were Hashmonoim as rulers, a lot of those people came back into the fold, and they worked it back in, okay? That concept that you could damage the children and they could still come back, that they could have the strength to stand up to that kind of Nisayon, that is a battle of Yaakov and the Malach. That is a battle of light and dark. And we call that Chinuch. That's Hanukkah. He comes back to the original question. Why do we call it Hanukkah? That's Chinuch, right? And we know that Rashi that Rabbi Goldberg has taught us many times. I brought it over here. Um, source number Tess. That Avraham brought Hanichov. Who's Hanichov? That's Eliezer. Shechin Chola Mitzvos. Whom he educated into Mitzvos. Vehulashon. And the word chinuch is a terminology of haschalas knisas ha'adam, the beginning of the entry of a person, okli, or a tool. La'umnus, to the expertise who asid la'modbo, that in the future it's going to stand in it. Stand means firm and unchanging, right? That's chinuch. Chinuch's the beginning of that. Chadukah samizbeach, it's not the end of it, it's the beginning. Dedication. It's the dedication of it, it's the setting it on track. Is it perfect now? It's only the beginning. That's what Hanukkah is about. 
It's that beginning of a process of perfection that has space for imperfection until you get there. Okay, so that's happy Hanukkah. And that's also, yeah, that's Baruch, that's Baruch Merachim al Haaretz and Baruch Merachim al Habrios. This is all the same idea. Wait, the process of. The pro- a process of getting to perfection and during the process having room for imperfection until you get there. Isn't that life? I mean, that is life. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's the world. Hey, that's, that's life. That's life, the universe, and everything. Right? We're all works in process. Yeah. And as long as we're in process, we're good. I love that, though. It's not a bug, it's a feature. Mm. Like, that's a... If there's school, then we have class. I think there yeah, is school, right? Yeah, so that's a show. It's going to be like the most Hanukkah intense set, because what are you going to talk about? you got to talk about it. Someone was speaking last night when she was talking about Parsha, and she said that Yaakov... Who's blessed to make the so she said that with Yaakov, when he finally, you know, gets out of this whole thing with Lavan and he's like whatever, so he turns to Hashem and he says, Hashem, I just want Shalva. I just want to have, you know, peace and calm, and I want to. Mm-hmm. And so um, the sources that she brought down said that. Peace and calm only comes right. in Olam Haba. Rosh <laughs> says that. Like what? In this it's world? Rosh, right? But it's also she brought an, yeah. another source from another place. I don't remember. Yeah. But it says, even Yaakov, you know, says, t- turns to Hashem and says, you know, what's enough already. I've had enough. Could I have a break? And, and Hashem says, no, you can't have a break. You know, it's like very clear that he's going to give him more struggles and more struggles. That's, and, right. That's and, not what know, Olam Haz is for. And then he talks Olam about, you know, not his for son rest. and what happens with his son and how we... And you know, so it just continues, and like she said, it's a paradigm to life. So, yeah, that's yeah, like, right. And that's a chesed, meaning Hashem's saying right. to Yaakov, "No, you're going to still have struggles and challenges, because right. right. otherwise, what are you here for?" Right. And how are you going to come through them? Yeah, but I'm saying if, if not, so why keep? Why would I keep you alive here? That's Olam Haba. That's right. not here. Right. Here is change, and change is always about some kind of tension or struggle that drives the change, so. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy. Have a great beginning of okay. Hanukkah. So, so much fun. Yeah. The change, what yeah. is this thing that we're supposed to... Uh,